shouldn't the coach and the organization have final say if their franchise quarterback goes out against one of the best defenses in football with a bum shoulder? Like, shouldn't they have the final say? Not you, Justin. What the hell is going on here? So now we're just, like you said, Alyssa, completely confused. Then we hear from Robert Sala, the Jets head coach. Not much of a game between the Bears and the Jets last week, but boy, was there a lot going on pregame. A lot to try to decipher from Matt Eberflus and the Bears in that one regarding the starting quarterback. Ultimately, we think they got the decision right, keeping Fields inactive, but now what? What do you do with Justin Fields now? We'll be talking about it, but first and foremost, it's the Bears Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa is the managing editor of USA Today's Bears Wire, and uh, Alyssa, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? I had a lovely Thanksgiving. It was nice and relaxing, um, you know, uh, getting to not have to cover the Bears uh, and getting to enjoy it, like, which was a really good football weekend, actually. And the food was amazing. And Ryan, how about your Thanksgiving? Because I know you were really looking forward to the cranberries. So how, how was that? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It was like it was perfect. You know, it was perfect. It was family, football and uh, food. Right. That's that's why I love the Thanksgiving. Yeah. The three F's. That was <laughs> it was amazing. The only thing it, that I wasn't prepared for is I spent the whole day at my dad's house. He lives by a river in New Hampshire. He's got like all these windows in his house. It's basically he has no lights in his house. It's like all natural light, which is kind of cool. But here in New Hampshire, Alyssa, it gets pitch black at like four o'clock ever since daylight oh. savings time. So 4 p.m. pitch black. So imagine trying to stay awake. You know, you're watching the Cowboys Giants games on in the afternoon. Everyone's kind of clearing out. You know, we're just kind of hanging out at this point, drinking beers, getting ready for the Pats Vikings game. You know, we're all Patriots fans out here. And uh, me trying to stay awake because it's like pitch black out and there's no lights on in my dad's house. I'm like, well, can we just turn on a light, please? I'm going to pass out. So, I mean, I just, I felt old, I think, on Thanksgiving more than anything. I just felt like an old man. <laughs> but uh, it, it was great. And uh, I thought the Patriots actually played pretty well. They gave us a little bit of a show in the night game against the Vikings. The Lions, I know for your family, showed out pretty well, right? The Lions gave uh, your family members who are big Lions fans something to root for. I was certainly cheering for the Lions against the Bills. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, it was like a really good afternoon or day of games, which is nice because there have been, I mean, especially with the Lions being one of the host teams, I mean, usually they get their asses kicked, you know, on Thanksgiving or, you know, almost beat the Bears. Last year's game was just kind of ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really good slate of games. Uh, and then Sunday happened and we had to watch the Trevor Simeon led Bears. And it was like it was just a mess from start to finish. Yeah, it was a literal mess. It was rainy. It was just messy, it, messy all around. And uh, I think that's that's where we're going to start. Justin Fields being inactive. Now, we did our whole show on that very topic last week, right? Alyssa, we just said, make him inactive. Make him inactive. There's just no reason to play him. He's got a left shoulder injury. You're playing a really good defense on, you know, one thing we didn't talk too much about is that MetLife field turf, which is just injuring <laughs> players left and right, including some key Bears players, which we'll get to later on, right? Uh, so that was another element of it. It's like, no, 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 no. Just make him inactive. It's fine. We have an amazing draft pick right now if the season ended today. So let's just, what are we doing here? But for some reason, the Bears wanted to make this really dramatic and and just kind of pull this thing out, Alyssa. Why? Why did Iberflus and the Bears string this thing out the way they did, right? It was very awkward. What do you, what do you think? I'll, before I do my little thing here, 
What, what's your leadoff take on that? They just really strung this out all the way to Sunday. And it was just like, what's the point? Why is it bad PR or something? Why can't we just come out and say, no, 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 no. Fields is hurt. He's limited in practice. He can't really go. We're going to go with Simeon. Like, why couldn't they just say that? But instead, they had to make this all dramatic and make and keep us on pins and needles all week, seeing if he's going to play. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, we all know there's a gamesmanship aspect to this. But at the same time, this was a three and eight, now three and nine Bears team uh, that was not competing for the playoffs. Uh, that was essentially looking towards the like the twenty twenty three offseason and had an injured quarterback that you just learned is your guy. So, like the Jets knew full well they were not going to play him, and Bears fans knew that as well. And I think that we all can agree if they did decide to play him, it would have been negligent. Like just. You, this season was never about winning, which has been the theme this year. It's been about development. And the most important thing that could have happened this year happened. And that is that you discovered that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback and can be that guy for you moving forward. Now you need to protect him and get to the 2023 offseason and really start building around him. So, I mean, it was just a mess. And like, I got, I mean, like I had a good feeling they weren't going to play him because I think that's just the reasonable thing, uh, the most reasonable outcome that could have happened. But the more Eberflus started talking and then even field said that he would have the final decision at one point on Wednesday. Yes, and I was just yes. like, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, it just like really sounded like they were trying to convince us that there was a chance he was going to play to the point. I started doubting myself and was like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 no. They can't do this. I'm um, no, please don't do this to him. Um, and then we saw all the, the mess that ha- even it carried over into uh, kickoff as well. Like even when fields, he wasn't ruled uh, inactive until right before the enactments were released, like three minutes before they were officially out. And then you had the whole Trevor Simeon thing where he heard his oblique uh, during warmup. So then the bears made the announcement that Nathan Peterman is starting and I'm like, oh, God, this is perfect for tanking, right? This is put like the Bears oh, are going to yeah. get a loss. The Conspiracy Bears, theories and, everywhere. And they're going to improve their draft stock at that number two pick. And then they're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Maybe Trevor Simeon is good to go. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, why? Like, it does. what's the difference between facing Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman at this point? I mean, like, that's pretty much when I knew this game was going to be a mess. I didn't think it was going to – we were going to see the MetLife turf monster um, as often as we did, uh, especially – uh, to, you know, with Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson uh, being the biggest injury suffered in that game. But man, it was, it was just a wreck. But yeah, the, the way they handled this, the whole Justin Fields situation, I mean, I, I, I really don't understand it. So much. <laughs> and I know you don't either. As well, no, right? <laughs> no, just so much unnecessary drama. And let me just like, this is quite a way to, uh, to watch football and to devour football as a right checking your phone nonstop to, to make sure Fields isn't going to play, right? Isn't that just the weirdest thing ever that we're talking about? But this, is, this is where we're at with the Bears. Uh, yeah, so the timeline was really kind of fun. I just want to walk through it really quick. So early in the week, we learned that Fields was limited in practice, right? We were all waiting for that first practice report. It comes out that Fields was limited, and I immediately texted you, and I said, okay, I, t- I said if he can't practice in full, he's got he's to be out. So he's limited, he's hurt. He's got to sit, right? So we're already doing it on Wednesday. Then we hear from Eberflus. And to you, Alyssa, you really felt like Eberflus had this, the way he was talking, the way he was kind of going about his business, it sounded like Fields could and maybe would play against the Jets. So you were worried, right? As soon as you heard Eberflus's voice really quick, like jump in here. You were worried. 
Oh, no, absolutely. And that's what I mean, I was pretty convinced he wasn't going to play. So the fact that I mean, like, I guess good on Eberflus for like fooling me. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like for like a second, like I, I, I was second guessing myself, like, wait, no, he th- he wouldn't actually do that, would he? Uh, I mean, from the way they handled it, it was just it was very weird. I didn't see the need for it. Just say he's out. Right. Protect <laughs> yes. your young quarterback, yes. uh, especially. I mean, thank goodness they did, because when I did my uh, my weekly report card and I gave uh, Eberflus and Ryan Poles, I threw in there with the coaching, um, I gave them an A for not playing fields, especially <laughs> in that game where the injuries were happening and where it was a mess. And I'm like, that. thank God that that did not happen. But, I mean, they should have just announced it from the beginning of the week. Fields is out, right? I mean, just there's no use doing that. Like, I mean, if you want to bring him back at some point, I mean, resting him a week to play the Packers, which makes sense, or you have a bye week in week 14, bringing him back after the bye because, you know, there's you want him to get that valuable experience. I mean, I get that, but trying to kind of rush him back in this game against that defense never made sense. But, I mean, Eberflus really carried it right up until kickoff. <laughs> he did. He did. And so... So uh, you're watch, you're covering the the pressers like you always do for Bears Wire. You're listening to Eberflus. You're texting me. It's like if, if folks listening can can picture this. Alyssa's texting me like live updates. Like, oh my god, Eberflus sounds like Fields is going to start. I'm like, what? No, no. So we're freaking out. <laughs> so then we're like, okay, we're on pins and needles. We got to wait. We got to hear from Fields now. And Fields talks to the media, and he confirms that his non throwing shoulder was separated and that he uh, is feeling quite a bit of pain. So we we hear that and we're like, okay, you can't play, Justin. You can't play. So we're calling on the Bears. Shut him down. Right. We got to shut him down. And then Fields. And this is where I think I might have to disagree with your grade, Alyssa. We might have to give them an A minus because for some reason, the organization gave Fields final say on what, whether he would play or not, or at least let him tell us that at the presser. So Fields says, well, I got final play if I'm going to play or not. I'm not going to risk further, further injury, guys. But I have the final say. It's like, what? 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 So that was another ring, uh, element here. Another wrinkle. It's like. Shouldn't the coach and the organization have final say if their franchise quarterback goes out against one of the best defenses in football with a bum shoulder? Like, shouldn't they have the final say? Not you, Justin. What the hell is going on here? So now we're just, like you said, Alyssa, completely confused. Then we hear from Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, and he basically comes out. He's talking to the media and he says, well, if Fields does play, we're going to hit him, (laughs) right? Because this is now a very public separated left shoulder for Fields and the Jets know and they have a really good defense and so Salah's saying if Fields does play, gets ready to get hit in the shoulder, basically. I'm paraphrasing that. But so that wasn't good, right, Alyssa? None of that sounded good. And then this is the this is the part that really gets me. On Saturday, they move Nate Peterman to the active roster. And that is like the tell of all tells. You're, you're, you've been carrying two quarterbacks all season long. We all know when Peterman gets activated to the 53 that that means Fields is going to be inactive, right? So just tell us, like, okay, I'm like, finally, it ends, right? I can stop looking at my phone. I can stop, like, texting Alyssa nervously. Like, we, we can just say he is not going to play with this bum shoulder. And they still refuse to do it, right? As you said, it lingers. They carry it on all the way through Sunday, even after they activated Peterman. It's like, what? So that, that's the million-dollar question, right? Why? <laughs> Why couldn't they just say he's gonna, not going to play? <laughs> Why do they keep stringing us along? And why, as we sit here, Alyssa, on Tuesday doing our podcast, do we not know if he's going to play against the Packers, right? Like, they just refuse to, they just want to play this game so bad, and I just don't get it. And I, again, is it PR? Is it you're trying to keep us invested? You're trying to, you know, it's like reality TV. 
we all know Eberflus is is trying to win, and it's like okay, he he, he tell we're still trying to win here, and it's like oh Matt, you know who's gonna tell you, man? Who's gonna tell you? <laughs> we're three and nine, and we have the number two pick right now, bro. We're not really. Are we really trying to win? Are we really trying to win here, Matt? So man, this is just it's just wild, right? It's just wild. Uh, but this is what we've got, Alyssa. This is all we have to talk about because how was the experience watching the Bears with uh, Trevor Simeon? Uh, at quarterback, right? It wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't as fun, was it? It was a little different for Bears fans on Sunday. Yeah, Ryan. It was. It was not good. Uh, it was about as bad uh, as you can imagine. And I think that you know, if there were, because I mean, it, I, most Bears fans obviously have an appreciation for Justin Fields, like like most of them, and they should. Like, I mean, I wish I could say all. I don't want to speak for everybody, but if you didn't watching this game and watching the Trevor Simeon led bears and that offense score 10 points, when there were some opportunities there in the first half, yeah, the jets kind of uh, tightened up in the second half. But I mean, when you look at what the bears were able to put up, they were averaging 31 points a game uh, in the four games before that Falcons game. And that's a credit to Justin Fields. And he basically is he accounts for like a 20 point swing on offense, which is insane. I mean, yeah. obviously there are a lot of questions you want to see him improve uh, in the passing game and really get that going. And, you know, it, it was insane because I think you saw in, uh, in Trevor Simeon's first two drives, the bears, you know, drove down the field, they scored a field goal and they got a touchdown. Right. And, you know, in the first quarter, there were some people like trying to convince themselves, Oh, maybe Simeon's firing fields. I'm like, Oh my God, please just stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. Yes. Um, and then, you know, they were brought back down to earth and we really saw exactly just what having a talent like Justin Fields and what he can do and how special he is, like what that does for this team and this offense specifically. And this is when obviously they're going to take this offseason and build around him. Justin Fields has been making magic happen with nothing on the roster, except maybe Darnell Mooney, who's now on IR. Um, I mean, it's, it's, and Cole Komet, you know, he's been involved as well, but I mean, you really saw just how much the Bears offense missed Justin Fields and how much he really made up for, you know, what that offense was able to do. Cause like, I mean, this offense has been the same. I mean, since that mini bye week or they've been the same all season, you know, with the town around them. And then they made those changes and Justin Fields really stepping up and taking control of this offense and what that did. And then when Simeon went in there, you saw it was just like, it was completely different offense. Uh, And so you really just appreciated Justin Fields even more. And I also appreciated that Justin Fields was on the sideline in this game. My goodness, like I said last week, just wrap him up in bubble wrap and let's just call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you still have that small contingent of bears fans. And I mean, are they really fans? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're just kind of, uh, you know, casual fans or whatever, but that thing Justin Fields can't throw. So the Fields people are always on that crusade Alyssa, to prove that Fields can throw, and it's just, like, so annoying, right? Uh, it's like, let's let's judge if he can throw or not. Well, we already know he can because he's made some ridiculous throws down the field this year already, but it's like when he has representative supporting cast around him, then we can judge whether he can throw or not, right? And we'll, we'll see that. But yeah, there's there's always going to be that. Uh, but that's that's where we're at. That's the debate rages on. Right. And I think now the question is, should the Bears just shut Justin Fields down for the rest of the season with the shoulder injury? Because we've lost Darnell Mooney for the season. 
We lost Eddie Jackson for the season. The team is just completely decimated, especially on defense. So should the Bears just shut him down? Or if he's good enough to go against Green Bay, should we start him in this rivalry game, right? Alyssa, I think Bears fans are a little bit torn on this. I think they're probably on both sides of that fence. So let's dive into that here coming up next. But first, let's take a break and get some fantasy advice from the huddle.com. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini here with TheHuddle.com to bring you strong plays for week number 13. Quarterback Mike White at Minnesota Vikings. White took over for Zach Wilson last week and proved to be the right decision with 315 yards and three touchdown strikes. On the year, Minnesota ranks as the fourth weakest defense versus quarterbacks, and six managed 23-plus fantasy points against Minnesota. Five quarterbacks have thrown multiple touchdown passes versus this defense, and they've all come in the last six weeks. As the Jets look to keep pace, White likely will be asked to throw all day long in this one. Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker at Los Angeles Rams. Walker's two-touchdown showing versus the Raiders was overshadowed by a career day from Josh Jacobs. The rookie back has averaged fewer than two yards per carry in consecutive games, however. Against the Rams, running backs have averaged the eighth-fewest rushing yards per game, but the eighth-highest scoring frequency on the ground since Week 7. Don't be scared off by the name value of the Rams' defense. It's a stellar matchup for aerial success, too, which ups Walker's value value just a nudge. New England Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers versus the Buffalo Bills. Myers has no more than 62 yards in any of the last six contests, and he hasn't scored in three straight. Mr. Consistent has exactly 9.2 or 9.4 PPR points in three straight games, though. That's a pretty nice floor. Buffalo has given up huge numbers to the position of late, and we've seen seven wideouts go for double-digit PPR returns since Week 7. All but one were good for 16-plus PPR points, and this matchup is 47% better than average over the last three games. Myers should be a strong PPR wide receiver 3. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Gerald Everett versus the Las Vegas Raiders. After missing a week with a groin injury, Everett returned to catch all four of his targets, but he managed a laughable 18 total yards. He hasn't scored in six straight games, but is a pretty good play against a Raiders defense that has given up neutral stats for receptions and yardage in the last five weeks. On the year, this is a top seven matchup in PPR scoring, and Everett contributed three catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown in the week one contest. And that's the aim here. Gamble on him for a touchdown. He's a pretty decent play overall. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522. 4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Uh, it's time to talk Packers week, Alyssa. Let's look at the spread. Right now, as we speak, again, it's on Tuesday when we're recording. The Packers, the line's been moving a little bit. They're now three and a half point favorites on the road. There was some uncertainty after Jordan Love finished that game on Sunday night, right? Sunday night. Rodgers got a rib injury, left the game. Jordan Love came in. There's some speculation whether Rodgers would play. Rodgers is basically saying, you know, the hero himself, Alyssa, the great, the, the great Aaron Rodgers, the hero. He's saying, if we're not mathematically eliminated, I want to play through all these injuries. And it sounds like he's going to play against the Bears. So good for him. We still want our quarterback. Hero or anti-hero? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The anti-hero. Yeah. 
So the Packers are favored by three and a half. Uh, that line's gone up a half point since I think reports have come out that Rogers says he's he plans on playing in this one. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so the question is, what do the Bears do? What do the Bears do? They do they bring back Fields if he's healthy? And I know uh, one of your colleagues, Alyssa Luke Easterling, writes for Draftwire. Uh, he he's got a he's got a take on this. He wrote about Justin Fields this week. You, put, you posted this on Bears Wire. I'm just going to read a, a couple of graphs and then turn it over to you. Uh, he talked to, first of all, he's talking about trading away Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, and then Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson going out for the rest of the season. So he's talking about, you know, just the bad way the Bears are in. Oh, and the fact that we're three and nine and have the number two pick right now if the season ends today. And then he writes, it's time for the Bears to shut down Fields for the rest of the year and focus on what they can build around him next year. For starters, Chicago is projected to have a whopping $116 million in salary cap space this offseason, almost twice as much as the next team on the list. And if the season ended today, they'd also own the number two overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. The Bears will be loaded with the resources they need to address the biggest holes on their roster. The offensive line needs a ton of help. Fields needs another blue, trip, blue chip playmaker in the passing game to go with Chase Claypool. And they're desperate for an influx of talent in the defensive trenches. So if the Bears are end up picking as high as number two overall next year, they could spend that selection on an elite defender like Alabama's Will Anderson or Georgia's Jalen Carter. So this is basically, you know, he's basically saying, Alyssa, you could shut down fields. You could go for that high draft pick. You could get a Jalen Carter. You could get a Will Anderson. And you can go from worst to first, right? You could... Don't worry about beating the Packers this year because it doesn't freaking matter. We're three and nine. I know it's a rivalry. I know Bears fans want to beat the Packers and rub it in Aaron Rodgers' face on Twitter and whatever, whatever we're doing. But this is not the year is basically what Luke is saying, right? He's saying shut fields down. You have too many injuries. He's injured. He has a a bum shoulder and do that in 2023 and go win the division in 2023 because there's a realistic chance you could be the best team in the division next year. Your thoughts on that article and that take. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree. And it's, you know, it's hard because obviously as Bears fans, I mean, given how bad this season has been, you know, the one saving grace was getting to watch Justin Fields every week and watch him just, you know, make magic on the field. But that all changed when he got hurt because now we're talking about the long-term future. Now you don't want him furthering his injury and that you don't want it lingering into next year all because you're playing him when you have no stake. You're not making a, a no stake in the playoff race. You're, com- I mean, and at the same time, you know, you're now in a position to have a top two draft pick. I mean, I don't know if they're going to catch Houston, uh, if Houston can sneak out some wins. But I mean, I think the Bears at this point, I, I feel like comfortable saying that they have a top three pick because when you kind of look at their remaining, the the rest of their schedule, they play the Packers, the Eagles, the Bills the Lions and the Vikings. Um, maybe you get a win against the Lions and that's if Justin Fields is playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or maybe you get a win over the Vikings because they're resting their starters because they have the number one seed. Or uh, if the Eagles have already locked up the number one seed or I don't know what's going to happen or if the Vikings find a way to lock up the number one seed. You don't know. Um, but I mean, I think that it's pretty safe to say that all signs are pointing towards just 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 rest him. But then I get the other side, you know, there's no substitute for getting that on field in game experience. Right. And that's what we've seen has been, has made all of the dividends this year with fields and, you know, him getting that experience and getting to work through some things. And obviously you want to see the passing game get going. But at this point, you got Chase Claypool. 
because uh, Darnell Mooney's on IR. So who else do you have coming back this, uh, you know, next season? I mean, there's really no need to kind of, yeah, you know, establish that chemistry, you know, for the guys that aren't going to be here next year. I mean, Bayless Jones is the other one, but we haven't seen him involved on offense, you know, at all this year. So at this point, it's you want to protect your asset. You want to protect your future. You want to make sure that Fields is good to go. But at the same time, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe you know, that they're going to be comfortable resting him the entire rest of the season. Cause especially if fields feels like he can play, he wants to play. He wants to be out there for the guys. And then also, also what does that say to everybody else? If he has an injury, you know, not season ending, you hear Matt Eberflus talking about winning games, which, you know, of course he has to say that, you know, that's he's the head, he's the head coach, but at the same, at the same time, I mean, the season has never been about winning. It's, a, it's about uh, development and getting to the next season. So I mean, if anything, I can see Fields coming back after the bye week if he's good to go. I mean, I personally would like to see him just sit for the rest of the year. I know it's hard because now I'm realizing I have to cover five more Bears games potentially without Justin Fields. And <laughs> yeah, so it was really hard covering that one last week. <laughs> so, yeah. And then there's the Packers side of it because, I mean, obviously it's the Packers and the Bears haven't beaten them since 2018. And honestly, a few weeks ago, I felt really good about the Bears' chances of beating the Packers until Fields got hurt, you know. Um, so, obviously, you want to beat the Packers, and having Fields out there would be the best option. But, again, this injury is still pretty fresh. I don't want to risk him. I can swallow the bullet uh, and just wait until next year to get back, to get back uh, on track in this rivalry. Um, I mean, as a Michigan fan, I've seen it happen. They've now beaten Ohio State in back-to-back years. You know, the tides will turn in this rivalry, and Justin Fields is going to be a big part of that, but you want him at 100%. Yeah, and, and as Luke wrote in his article when he says the Bears should just, what was the headline? He said the Bears should hibernate. <laughs> they should hibernate now and be contenders yes. in 2023. <laughs> pretty good pretty good little headline. Um, he, he says in his commentary of shutting Fields down for the year that uh, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, and it's hard to imagine he'll be back to full strength before the season's over. And that's kind of where I've been. And I think in your commentary there, Alyssa, it, you, you used the word rest. And I think that's the right word. Like, I don't know if I'm shutting down fields for all the reasons you said, right? If he's healthy, he's 100%, and he has no limitations, and he's practicing in full, and there's no pain in the shoulder, and he's fine. I mean, it's his non-throwing shoulder. If he's 100% healthy and can, and can come back this year, he should probably play. You know, I'm, I'm still on that. I'm coming closer to shutting him down, but I think I'm still, I can't help it. I mean, he's a football player and I, I, I would be a hypocrite like the NBA. I, I can't stand the NBA because of the load management stuff. Like guys just decided they're not playing today because I, I need load management and I can't play. The, it's like, no, if you're healthy play, what are you talking about? So I, I, I can't help myself. I'm kind of like, that's just how I am. If you're healthy, you're a football player, get the hell out there and play, right? So I'm still wired that way, and I'm still that's kind of where I am. But if he's injured, if he separated his left shoulder and he's recovering from that, uh, then yeah, he shouldn't play. He shouldn't play because what's going to happen if he does play, Alyssa? They're going to scale it back. They're not going to let him run. They're going to you know they're going to try to protect him. And once you start doing that, you're you're opening him up to to more. Right now he's indecisive in the pocket. We're going the wrong direction. We want him to be playing free and loose and doing that thing and doing his thing out there, uh, which is what made the Bears so exciting and, and just a pleasure to watch over the last month plus, right? So, no, we can't 
have him play with restrictions and, and any of that. No, 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 no. But if he's 100% healthy later in the year, fine. Yeah, I, I wouldn't sit here and, and complain that he's playing. But if he's limited in practice, sitting out practices, not able to go uh, take all the reps, and then we're we're limiting him on game day, we're saying don't run Justin, then that would be just a huge, huge blunder by the organization. They cannot do that. They cannot do that. And they can't do it, Alyssa. They can't bring him back just because they want to beat the Packers, right? They can't. They can't. And I get it. I know it's the rivalry. But no, it, now's not the time. I mean, right now, it's, it's about 2023. It's about, as Luke said, beating the Packers next year, winning the division next year. It's not about this year. The Packers right now, as we said, three and a half point favorites. And I think I would pick the Packers, whether they had Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, Alyssa, in this game. Let's get to the pick. Because... Let's face it, we can't stop anyone. We don't have anyone left on defense. Now we just lost Eddie Jackson. Like, poor Jalen Johnson. Like, he must be looking around on the field being like, man, where are my guys? I'm on on an island out here. Holy crap. I mean, that's the brutal truth is the the Bears, they wouldn't even be able to stop Jordan Love right now, never mind Aaron Rodgers, right? In the four games since the trade deadline, when they traded away Roquan and, and, and Quinn, They've given up 35, 31, 27, and 31 points on defense. They just can't stop anyone. So it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're going to give up 30. And at least Fields made it exciting because he was scoring 30 points himself. And he was make, these games were great to watch. But in terms of the pick, yeah, I would take the Packers. The Packers are going to win again. So I understand Bears fans getting really fired up. They want Fields to play. They want to beat the Packers. Yeah, I get it. Next year. This is not the time. Now is not the time. If Fields isn't 100%, he should not be playing. We should wait until after the bye week and, and reevaluate, uh, reevaluate it, right, Alyssa? But how can you pick the Bears in any game right now with the way that defense, the, the state of the defense? You can't, right? What's your pick? Packers three and a half? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm surprised that it's that low, that it's only three and a half. Yeah. Um, considering that Fields' status is up in the air, which, again, hopefully he doesn't play. Um, and then considering, like you said, that defense cannot stop anybody. And that, and Kyler Gordon and Japan Brisker were out with concussions. Now you got to pray that like, they both clear concussion Seriously. protocol uh, by this game. And even then, I mean, the, the Bears have lost their top three defensive players. You know, you traded Roquan and you traded Robert Quinn and now Eddie Jackson's on IR for the year. I mean, the one bright spot that there's, I mean, that I, I got to watch again on, um, on Sunday is Jack Sanborn. I mean, like he's balling out. Uh, he has more tackles than Roquan Smith does he's in the, the last four weeks since Roquan went to Baltimore. So, I mean, so Bears said so there are some, yeah, there's some young talent um, that we can certainly watch here in these final games, but it's not worth risking Justin Fields. I want to beat the Packers as much as any Bears fan, but you know how the Bears beat the Packers? They rest Justin Fields this year. They get him hundred percent healthy. You bring him back. You surround him with talent, offensive line, weapons, you come out, you beat the Packers next year. Yeah. I mean, that it's as simple as that. Like, I can wait. Yes. We, we've waited wait. <laughs> decades yep. for a franchise quarterback. We've waited now, what, uh, four years for uh, since the win over the Packers. We can wait a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I put the Bears and the Broncos in a very similar situation, right? Two really good fan bases, solid franchises that have just been a quarterback away for forever, right? Forever. Uh, and the Bronco, Broncos fans right now, they have a similar record as the Bears, but they're they're ready to just light all their Broncos gear on fire and just be done with the team completely. They're just out, and there's just no hope, and the future is just shot. And the Bears are just the opposite of that, right? They got the bad record. They're not going anywhere this year. 
there's really nothing to watch or cheer for on Sundays right now at this point of the season, but we have all the hope in the world, right? So you, it could be worse. You could be the Broncos and their poor fans over there. Poor John Heath over at Broncos Wire, Alyssa, right? He, he literally texted me this week. <laughs> Um, I need a Broncos breather. I'm like, well, that's that's not good. You're you. That's your job. <laughs> sorry, sorry, John. <laughs> you know, no vacations during the season. But I mean, that's where we are. We are right. It's all about the hope. It's all about next year. But wow, what a weird, weird place to be. Studying the practice reports, looking at Fields's uh, practice participation, and hoping he doesn't play. Alyssa, I that is just a strange. I, I I'm not used to that yet. Uh, I mean, that is just. That's a strange way to consume the product. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we're in a weird, weird spot with the Bears right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Fields didn't even play last week and he was still the biggest storyline, you course. know, and it'll, yeah. it's going to be the same. He could he could be shelved the rest of the season and Fields will still be the biggest storyline every week uh, when talking about the Bears because that it's naturally like you have to start talking about the future at this point. And like, I mean, Ryan, like how I think that we were looking forward uh, to 2023 like a month ago. Or like, I think yes. it was like after the Washington game and and then obviously Fields uh, and the Bears turned things around. They got exciting, but we were still always, we're, we always had that eye towards 2023 because, I mean, even before the season started, we warned uh, everyone. We're like, okay, 2022 is going to be ugly, but we get through it and then it's on to 2023 where things will get a lot better. So the good news is we're almost through this season. Five games left. Only one against the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has banged up a little bit. Hopefully, this is the last time that the Bears will have to face Aaron Rodgers. I am. That would be. I mean, obviously, you want to send him out with a loss. Uh, I see no. I, I say no shot of that happening uh, if Justin Fields isn't playing out there. But it's okay because now we're going to start seeing the turning of the tide in the NFC North. Uh, where the Bears and the Packers are going to kind of switch roles here a little bit. Because I know Packers fans are like really excited from what they saw from Jordan Love and limited action with no team game planning for him and all this stuff. Uh, but, I mean, let's be real. No shot that the Packers get it right three times in a row. So, I, I, I'm feeling pretty good about the future. And I think it, it's very weird. Like you said, poor John, I'm going to have to talk to him. I'll yes, let give him a pep talk. Exactly how to handle this because I've been doing it for years. <laughs> So there, there, there's definitely a way <laughs> to approach this. And it's funny because, you know, looking at, you know, the Broncos, that's what the Bears have been in the past. You know what I mean? Like that is exactly the team that they've been. And that's probably, that's what they would have been if they went out and traded for Russell Wilson. Um, so, I mean, everything is kind of working out in like the arrows pointed up that are the Bears surrounded with a little bit of good luck um, towards the future. So I don't know. Uh I mean, sitting at three and nine, your franchise quarterback's hurt right now. But at the same time, man, I'm super stoked about the future of this team. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be. So, uh, so unfortunately, it's like blasphemy, right? It's just like our official pick: Packers minus three and a half at Chicago. <laughs> Oof, it's painful, but that's like again, that's where we're at. The defense. There's nobody on defense, um, and I know the Bears are going to go out and try to win, whether Fields plays or not. But they probably won't because. Uh, it's just that is what it is. So a little bit more pain this weekend, probably. Uh, but as you said, Alyssa, when this podcast posts on Thursday, December 1st, we've hit December now. So we're getting closer to 2023. Uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun to cover this team this offseason, especially uh, Fields Watch continues. 
Make sure you're checking out Bears Wire and, and Alyssa and the crew do such great work on there. And of course, you got to be glued there to check out whether Fields is going to play or not. We're all rooting for him not to play right now with that shoulder injury. So keep an eye on that. Uh, for Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us as always. And uh, we will catch you next week. Bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.